Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Ever wish you had a business mentor in your list of contacts? Well, you do. I am here for you. And did you know that you can ask me any question that you want to, and it might just get answered on this podcast? That's right. You can go visit askpetboss.com and ask me advice on anything as it relates to your business. Today, I have two pet pros who I'm giving my honest feedback to and a special surprise for one listener that I know you'll learn from too. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. In last week's episode, it was episode 85. I shared a ton about business coaching and what a pet business coach actually is. A little bit about my journey and how I work with people. And I shared that not all business coaches are created equal and how you can find the right one for you. So if you haven't had a chance yet, definitely go back and listen to that because then you'll kind of get to understand better what it is that I actually do. And sure, we share great tips and tools through our podcast, our YouTube, our blog, our Facebook groups, and through our client programs. But it's the people who are in our programs that work either one-on-one with me or in our group coaching setting like the Pet Boss Club that really, truly benefit. And one of the things that we do inside our Pet Boss Club is that I offer live Q&As. 
And the live Q&As, they happen every single month. It's an opportunity for the pet businesses inside the program to throw a question at me and get honest feedback. Now, when you're in the Pet Boss Club, I get to know your business a little bit better than I do right now with the questions I'm going to answer here. And talking about a taste of what it's like to work together, we have our Pet Business Coaching Week coming up very, very soon that I want you to get your ticket to if you haven't yet, because that is really like what it's like to work with us. I'm jam-packed all into one week. You can get your ticket at petbizbootcamp.com. It's only $10. Now, when you go into the bootcamp, there will be opportunities either for turning in your homework or for getting a VIP ticket that will allow you to have a hot seat with me. Now, hot seats are where you get to submit a question as well and kind of be put on stage with everybody and you get feedback again about your business. And so we took it one step further and provide you guys an opportunity to have a hot seat in a sense all year round, all the time through being able to ask me a question at askpetboss.com. So that is how we've gotten down this road leading me to today's episode. You see, this is beneficial to you because I know that a lot of you are very close to the business, right? You're so in it. You're so focused. You're so wearing all the hats, spinning all the plates, doing all the jobs, that it is really hard, not just for you, for your business, but like for me, even inside my business, I have mentors and coaches and people who help me process and think about things. And that's what I can do for you when you reach out to us and ask for help. So if you haven't had a chance yet, and you've been listening to the podcast and you have a burning question, or you really, really want my help, I want you to visit askpetboss.com. And I just might pick it for a podcast episode. Now, before we get into the two pet pros who I've chosen, I told you I had a surprise for one of our listeners, and I want to give a big shout out to Ken from Ken Walks Dogs. Now, we started a conversation with Ken in the DMs on Instagram, and he responded with a message that just filled my heart, and so I wanted to share it with all of you. And that is that he says he listens to many industry podcasts, and he feels that mine is the most inclusive, authentic, and accessible to him. And he ended it with great work. I love hearing from our podcast listeners because, you know, this is kind of a one-way communication right now for me and you, but now through interacting with us on Instagram or on Facebook, or like I said, visiting that website, askpetboss.com, we get a little bit more of a two-way interaction here through our podcast episode. And that's why I really do want you to join us as well inside the Pet Business Bootcamp, because then I can meet you, our our awesome listener, actually in one of our programs. Okay, so enough about that. What I want to do is expand on Ken's business. You see, I hadn't taken a look at Ken's business before until we started to engage together. And oh my gosh, you guys, you have to go check out Ken's profile on Instagram, okay? You're going to type in Ken, K-E-N, walks, W-A-L-K-S dogs, D-O-G-S. All right. Here are some of the things that I think that Ken is doing so well, and I want you to consider doing too. All right. So Ken is a pet care provider. His profile says dog walker. First thing I love is that in his uh, name, he actually includes the city that he walks dogs in, which is Austin. The next thing I love is that in his bio, right at the beginning, it says text woof to And he has a phone number that's listed there. And guys, it has dog walk in the phone number. Can you believe that? But what I really, really love is it's text woof to dot, dot, dot to get started. 
Okay. He's has a call to action right at the top of the bio. It's the cutest phrasing, right? I love it. All right. He also says it's Austin's own hundred percent local dog walking and pet sitting app. All right. That's cool. Green belt hikes, pool parties, play care, so much more. Okay. Awesome. Then what I love is he's utilizing link tree inside the link area. Now, Instagram only allows for, well, traditionally only allowed for one link. And so you'd use platforms like Linktree, which are very inexpensive to build out a page quickly and you could have extra buttons and links. You can also do this through Canva as well, actually. Now, though, Instagram does have more options for you. I think you can include up to four links. You just have to change that in your settings. All right. So what I love is he's got this link, right? He's taking people out through to Linktree and then he's got more opportunities and ways for people to connect with him. When you click on that, guys, here's what happens. I love that one of the things that he lists is a snake avoidance training. (laughs) It's a seminar that he's hosting in person. So this is a dog walker who's hosting an in-person workshop um, to, to have a different diversified revenue stream. And he's in an area in Austin, Texas, where the dogs he'd be caring for, not just when he's on walks with them, but when pet parents are doing walks, they're going to run into snakes. And we need to train the dogs how not to interact with the snakes on the walk. So he's hosting something of high value and actually very interesting, I must say. You know, I'm, I don't live in the desert, so this might be common down in the South, but I had never thought about this until I saw this on your profile again, which is why I love it so much. But there's a snake workshop where actually there are snakes there and they help teach the dogs how to um, stay away from them, okay? So I love that, a, di- a different revenue stream. You're getting to meet new, potentially brand new people who could utilize your services. I love that. You have a link on this also to meet your team. You have a link here that says, leave a review and earn $5. Amazing. I love that too, because we all need more reviews. We can all use more reviews. And he's not saying, hey, you only get it for if you leave a good review. He's saying you get it no matter what review you leave. That's great. And then he's selling merchandise. And it's interesting, the merchandise he's selected, um, one of them's a muzzle and another one is a swimming vest. And so I'm thinking that, again, because of the services that he offers, because of the area that he's in, he's got these very specific products that he could still sell. So guys, I said he was a dog walker and here he's doing classes and he's selling merchandise. That's awesome. But it's not like all classes. It's not all the merchandise. It's things that are specific to his customer base and the services he sells. I love this so much, Ken. So the other thing that I want you guys to go check out is just his profile on the the pictures and the videos and the reels. I wish I lived in Austin, Texas, Ken, so that I could bring my dogs to be in your care. This pool party stuff looks amazing and so fun. And I love your use of camera. I love I love the treats and the good time that they're having. Uh, you do a fantastic job on your Instagram. Way to go. Way to go. I'm so glad that we met you. And I think you have your ticket for the Pet Business Bootcamp. So we'll all get to see you there. Okay. All right. Now I am done. I just really couldn't believe it. I was so excited when I saw Ken's uh, profile there and all the awesome stuff that he's doing to market his business and find new customers. All right, now let's get into the two questions that have come in from two of our listeners here on the podcast, and let's see if I can offer some help. Our first question comes from Cassandra, and she says, I have a dog event planning business with a caterer, but some people don't get it. 
How do I overcome this and push forward? I love this question because I know that even though the pet industry is booming and 50% of households have at least one pet, and I think 75% of those people who have a pet have a dog. So there is a lot of business to go after no matter what your niche is here in the pet industry. However, I, I hear you, Cassandra. I know that you're you're still getting probably like confused looks and maybe eye rolls or like, well, why would people pay for that kind of thing, right? And it reminds me that even way back in the day when I was starting my uh, pet business and I needed to get a business loan and I was pushing, actually leaving the career that I had gotten a degree in at college and I was working on my, my business plan to go, to go get a business loan. My family thought I was crazy. And that was, gosh, back in like 2005 a time frame. And all I wanted to do was open like a pet supply store, like a pet boutique. My family thought that it was insane, that there could be a whole store just dedicated to pets that wasn't like a big box store. So, I, and I even remember I was going to go get my business loan and my uncle said that he would co-sign on my loan. And the night before I was supposed to go to the bank, he bailed. <laughs> I I still love my uncle and, I, and I'm, he's still in my life, but my uncle bailed and, and was too nervous, right? It was too big of a risk. He felt like that he, he, he believed I could probably do a lot, but he did not believe that I could run a pet boutique um, because there wouldn't be enough business for it. Maybe now, my grandparents, though, however, definitely they believed in me and were willing to take that risk with me and they co-signed to make all of this come possible. And so I always love to say to my grandpa uh, that, you know, if it wasn't for him believing in me in the beginning and, and having the privilege of having him uh, sign that, co-sign that paperwork, that gosh, I wouldn't maybe not even be, you know, talking to you right now and Pet Boss Nation wouldn't exist. So it is good that we need to have people who believe in us. But anyway, that's what this reminds me of back in the day. It reminds me when I try to talk even about Pet Boss Nation and when when I was figuring out my phrasing, my kind of elevator pitch when I met people. And one of the things that I did was that I realized I had to swap the words around just a little bit. Like in the beginning, I'd say, oh, I help pet professionals with their businesses. <laughs> you think that's pretty obvious, right? I help pet professionals with their businesses. But when you're talking to somebody who does not work in the industry, the minute they hear the word pet, they think you do things for pet parents, which most of you do. Most of you all do things for the pet parents. But what I found when I would say that is that it, it derailed them. And then all of a sudden they're asking me the dog training questions or like grooming things or health things about their own pet. And while I have a lot of knowledge in that, it wasn't where I was gearing the conversation. So a shift I've had to make, and I think this might help you too, Cassandra, is that I removed that piece from the beginning. And now I just say, you know, we help business owners who happen, you know, who happen to work in the pet industry and then people can track with me easier. All right. So I think that just because of the way that you worded it there for us saying that you have a dog event planning business, you might want to just first start getting really clear on your messaging, your elevator pitch. Okay. And this will work for all of us. And I want to test this out with you here. So, you know, we all want to think about, I work with blank so that they can have blank, right? I work with insert the people that you work with or what it is that you do so that they can have insert the benefit, um, or insert of the other things that you do. Okay. So I plan events where people can bring their pets. 
So now you're positioning something they know, oh, an event planner. Oh, it's for people. Oh, the people can bring their pets along, right? I think that that phrasing might be a little bit better. Or maybe you say, I plan events for pets and their people, like dog birthday parties, dog play dates, yoga in the park. I like that example because now you're actually sharing um, some specifics. You're painting the picture for them, envisioning what it is that you do. Or maybe you take it even a step further and you say, I plan events where people can bring their dogs so that everyone can play safe and not have to worry about any of the details. Okay. So all of us, it's really important that we all get clear on our messaging and we need to get, get it down to short, concise, like statements. So that if we only had that 30 seconds in the elevator, before that elevator pitch, people understand what we do. So I think that that could be really helpful for you. The next piece is that I want you to get really, really clear on who your ideal customer is. I know this might be shocking to all of you, but all pet owners are not our customers. So when we can get really niched down, get very, very clear on who your customer avatar is, um, then I want you to direct all your marketing to them. All right. So is it a single female uh, who has one dog? Is it couples who like the outdoors? Is your customer a group of friends who like to drink beer, right? Like I want you to get real specific and that isn't even, even those examples I gave you, I would want you to get even more specific with their age and maybe um, kind of even thinking about like the apps they have on their phone or what kind of music they might listen to. I mean, you can really paint the picture of who this potential, like who your ideal, ideal customer is so that now you can start to create all your marketing assets and your messaging, your copy, the visuals all around that particular um, ideal customer avatar. Okay. And so then once you have that clear and you now have your messaging, I just want you to go find all those people and don't stress so much about everybody else actually getting it. All right. As long as you believe that there is enough business for you in this town or in this area, um, then you can build, you can build that business. The next thing I want to mention for you is that you need to work on your visuals. I Now, again, I do not, I should preface this. <laughs> I do not know Cassandra. I don't know her business name. I have not seen any of her marketing, any of her website, because we don't have that information for Cassandra. But what I would encourage someone that's doing a dog event planning business to do is that you, well, and all of us actually, not just, not just her, but to have great photos and videos that can help really present the visuals painting the picture of what it is like to work with her, to utilize her services. So maybe it's including pictures of balloon arches and the pets. Maybe it's party favors and games. Uh, maybe you're showing the human animal bond at one of your activities. You know, if you, if you are, have already done some events, then you can utilize photos and videos from those events. If you have done the events and you don't have pictures or not good pictures, maybe it's not your strength, hire a local photographer to come with you to capture all of this so that you have those visual assets. I mean, if you look at what Pet Boss Nation creates, you know, I do photo shoots every couple, you know, a couple times a year and have someone in town that can help film things for us so that we have those visual assets. We all need them in our business, especially nowadays, right? We have to paint that picture. This also just helps because maybe there's a disconnect yet. Like again, like you said, people aren't getting it. 
if you don't have a photographer, if you don't haven't done any events yet, if you haven't actually sold anything, you need to create opportunities where you can create those assets and get those visuals. So whether it's a photo shoot, like I said, or whether you like raffle off an event for free just to help build your list and raise awareness about it and then get the photographer there. Or, you know, maybe you're finding pictures and visuals online that you can use. If you do that, you want to give credit to the person who took the photo and where you found the photo. But you could certainly tap into that and you could even use one of the AI platforms like MidJourney to be able to put in a description of the type of illustration or imagery that you are trying to capture. You can put it through something like that to see what the artificial intelligence can create for you. All right, cool. So you're going to get clear on your messaging. You're going to work on your visuals. And then the next thing that I want you to do is I want you to start teaching people how to DIY the things that you're doing. I know this seems like counterintuitive, right? Like you're like, you need to hire me to help you plan your event, but I'm going to show you how to do this yourself. (laughs) Okay. You don't necessarily maybe have to show them the whole process, but I want you to start breaking down the things that you do into bite-sized little instructional videos or reels about what you're doing or, you know, social posts. Okay. And you'll see this all over the place on your own social media, like people who are making gifts for teachers or people who make the balloon gifts and balloon arches, right? They're showing how, what their process is like. I just ordered a sign for my office from a woman who cuts out wood signs, sands them all down, and then spray paints them, assembles them, and then ships them out to us. Well, she shows her whole process from start to finish, and she also was getting so many questions about it online that she just put all of the resources she has, like, here's the machine I bought, here's things I learned about, about you know, using this machine, here are mistakes I made, and she has it all for free in her stories. And I think she did that mainly so that she could probably have a place to direct people to answer the questions faster. But what she also has there now, she could easily create an online digital asset that she could sell to to show other people how they could build their business. And that gets me to the last piece of advice I have for you, Cassandra. I know I've thrown a lot at you, and I hope that our listeners also have learned a lot here too and how they can apply this to their business. But I always like to finally ask myself, well, what does this make possible? So even in your question where it's like, people don't get it. (laughs) Okay. So, all right. Well, what does that make possible? All right, well, maybe you're in an area where there just aren't enough customers who would buy this act, buy this service. So maybe you expand into other types of events that don't have dogs. Or like I said, you could expand online and really grow your online presence, selling online kits, digital downloads, how to build this kind of a business in their own town. I hope that you can see what's possible here through getting feedback from me because you submitted a question at askpetboss.com. And I really hope that you find value in this. This is what it's like when you have a business coach, right? When you come to the room with a question, you'll always get an honest answer from me. And I think that I really like dream big for our clients and club members too. And we're here to fully support you in that process. I mean, really, no matter what you do, literally no matter what you do, whatever it is that you sell, business is business. And we have strategies to help you find more customers and convert them into regular clients. All right. Thanks so much for your question, Cassandra. The next pet pro I want to share with you is Josie. And Josie submitted a question at askpetboss.com saying, I am ready to leave my business. How can I help transition my clients? And should I start to train new management staff for my business while I focus on other roles? Well, you know what's interesting, I think, most about this question is not what I just shared there, but another fact that Josie gave me on the form. 
And that was that she's a newbie business owner. So we have an option of, are you a newbie business owner? Are you already established? She selected newbie. So what's really interesting to me is I'm not quite sure why she's already ready to leave the business. And I also don't know if she's a pet sitter, if she does grooming or training. I think any of those situations can apply here with this question. But I don't need that information to be able to give you some advice, Josie, here on the podcast today, right? Maybe you are leaving because you have a better opportunity in front of you, right? That happens to us sometimes. Or maybe since you got started, this just isn't what you expected it to be. I think a lot of us go through that. (laughs) We think it's going to be a lot of fun to start a business around pets because we love our own pets so much and we love other people's pets and we maybe are looking for something more fulfilling. Then we get into this and we realize, gosh, this is much more like much harder or more different than I was expecting. I know sometimes what I find if it, if you are a pet sitter or a dog groomer or a dog trainer, I mean, at least a dog trainer does work one-on-one with people, but sometimes these are very isolated positions and you're, you work alone a lot. You know, when I had my dog walking business, uh, that was one of the complaints we got from walkers after they would start working with us. They didn't realize how much they would be alone. And I didn't realize I had to put that at the beginning of the job interview to find out if this person would be the right fit. So once we saw that kind of pop up a few times for us, we definitely made that transition in our interviewing process to make sure that that the candidates knew that. But so maybe it's just not what she was expecting. Or maybe there's something that is just really challenging right now and just seems impossible to overcome. I think we all have been there too. Maybe there's just not enough money in it right now. I'm not really sure exactly what's going on with Josie's situation. But at some point, no matter what it is, we all do have to leave our businesses, whether it's through death, injury, illness, helping a loved one, running out of money, looking for better opportunities or retirement, you know, we will all have to leave. I'll have to exit at some point. Now, if you resonate with anything that I just said, I want you to consider joining us in the Pet Boss Club, which enrollment is opening up soon because One, I can get to know your businesses better, but two, you can have a place where if you're facing challenges or if you're not making enough money, or if you really still want to do this, we can help you grow a better business. Let me backtrack a bit here and go right back to her original question. And that was just addressing the fact that she's ready to leave. Okay. And the things that she needs to think about. So again, many of us reach this point and have the thoughts that we're ready to exit. I think Many entrepreneurs have that thought on the daily basis. (laughs) So let's run through some of the options. You could shut it all down and just move on, right? Sometimes that actually feels really great. And it just depends on how big of a business you have. I mean, clearly, I don't want you to do that if you've already built a big business that it has some value in it. But sometimes it's a complicated process or there just isn't really enough there to sell to somebody else that you might be better off just giving your clients enough time to find new people and walking away and moving into the new opportunity. You can sell off what you can. Maybe you have some supplies and some tangible things. Like let's say if you're a groomer, you have your tub, you have your tools. Maybe there's a mobile grooming van. Um, So sometimes there are actual assets that have value and you definitely would want to sell those off. For most people where she says she's got to transition her clients. So she has a client list. So that could have, and typically does have some value, 
but there is no guarantee that those clients will stay with that new owner. So it's very risky for a new owner to actually buy that from you because there isn't any guarantee. So one of the things I would suggest doing, if that's the route you want to go, and if you find a buyer for that, is to really help with that transition. You could end up, let's say you're a pet sitter, you could end up scheduling one-on-one appointments where you go to the client's home with the new owner and to help introduce them to the client and to the pet and to review any specifics about the account. And then you can even let your clients know and the new owner know that you are available to take questions and help transition all the clients over let's say through a 30 day period or whatever you're comfortable doing. So there are ways that you can kind of hand handhold a little bit more through the process to help the clients stay with the new owner. Now you mentioned new management. Um, you could certainly go that route, but again, I don't know much about your business. So I don't know if you have the cash flow right in your pricing or in what you do to be able to pay for a manager by saying that you want to find a manager, I don't know, that might mean that you have team. And so, yes, it's great sometimes to be able to throw some of the operational responsibilities to a manager to help make sure things are running appropriately. And you can do that. But um, depending on the type of business you have, there might not be enough margin in there. Now, maybe Josie has other income coming from other places and she can invest right now in her management team to continue to build and grow a company while she's working and making an income from somewhere else. She could do that for sure. I just know that if this is a pet sitting situation, there isn't usually a lot of margin, but uh, you just never know. And gosh, Josie, I wish I had more info to go on here for you, but I think we're still, we're still hitting on a couple key things that you can take from this episode. And if I I'd really reflect on why you're leaving, right? So is it that there's no money there? Is it that maybe you haven't set up appropriate boundaries for communication with your clients? Maybe you're working too many hours. And these are all things that can be fixed, okay? And that's why I'd love for pet professionals to join us in the Pet Boss Club because we can help you fix those things. But if you don't love it, then it's probably time to move on. And I know that that might be harsh to hear, but... I personally believe that life is too short for any of us to be stuck in something that we don't want to do. To our listeners who are also considering selling their businesses and exiting like Josie here, I want you to go listen to episode 37. So visit petboss.com forward slash episode 37, or just find it here where you're listening. And it is called how to prepare your business to exit. And I cover a lot more on that podcast episode for you, Josie. So don't miss that. You can also visit petboss.com and I have a guide for you on our homepage right now that's called Cash In to Cash Out. And it has a lot of great tips and resources in there too on how you can evaluate your business and the steps you would take in that process. So going back to the last question I even you know shared in Cassandra's example, I love to ask the question, well, what does this make possible? This question that you're hearing right now from Josie or the thought of wanting to leave. Honestly, if you are looking to exit your business really in the next one to three years at all, we have to start preparing your business now because it takes time to find a buyer. But what's really interesting is that, you know, when you go to our website at petboss.com and get that guide and you start actually working on the numbers and evaluating your business's profitability and looking at what you would be able to sell your business for. It's usually not for as much money as we were hoping. 
And so what that means is we need to really dive into the numbers and really get strategic about improving specific areas of our business so that it becomes a more valuable asset to sell, which is why I say it takes about one to three years. I mean, really, you should you should be thinking about selling your business about three to five years before you're ready to sell it, because sometimes it takes that long to get your business to the point where you have, have a really nice asset that you can sell. But here's the interesting fact. When we start running our businesses like we're ready to sell it, we actually can make huge improvements to it, which typically then end up paying us more money anyway and making the business run easier, more enjoyable, and more profitable. So putting in that work is worth it. I just loved this episode today because I got, I felt like I got to talk to some of our listeners here. Whether it was Cassandra, who's just getting started with her dog event business and is trying to figure out how to talk about it and find customers, that newbie stage and and, and excited and wanting to grow her business, all the way to Ken, who is doing the thing and he is he is building his empire and growing his business in Austin, to Josie here, who's ready to exit, right? They're all at different stages in business. And I just love meeting pet professionals I love helping you get clarity on what you should be doing next and feeling motivated and inspired to take action. My call to action for you is that I want you to join us at Pet Boss Nation. I don't want you to just be a listener of this podcast. I want you to actually get involved inside one of our workshops, like the Pet Business Workshop coming up on July 16th. You can still get your ticket at petbizbootcamp.com. And if you can't get your ticket when you get there, then I want you to consider joining us in the Pet Boss Club, our monthly group coaching program. Enrollment opens to that July 24th and will close on July 31st. If you miss that opportunity, you can still get on our wait list or join our community or be part of, you know, some of our, our email newsletters. And I want you to get on our list by visiting petboss.com because then you'll be the first to know when the doors open again to the Pet Boss Club or when we host another workshop. I also offer one-on-one sessions, which you can learn about more on our website as well. I don't want you sitting on the fence, listening to my voice, just coming through the headphones over and over week after week without actually taking any action. So I know that you started your pet business because you like working with pets and you want to help pets have a thriving life, but is your life thriving? There's no doubt that running a business is hard. It is very hard work. There are lots of moving pieces and it's easy to feel burned out, overwhelmed, or wondering why the heck you started this business in the first place. And you deserve more. Just like pets, you deserve a thriving life too. There's a huge opportunity for the taking here in the pet industry, and it's getting support from myself, our team, and our community at Pet Boss Nation. Learn more at PetBoss.com, and I hopefully get to talk to you in person someday soon. I have over two decades worth of experience as a small business owner, and I've helped thousands of pet professionals see success with the strategies and tips that we share. But I bet 100% that you have a question for me. You have a burning business question that you just wish I would record a podcast episode about. Well, now is your chance. We have a website that you can visit where you can submit a question for me that I might record an episode all about. So if you have that burning business question, don't hide it any longer. Share it with me by visiting askpetboss.com. That's ask, 
petboss.com and tell me your question and it just may turn into a future podcast episode.